0: You're listening to a podcast by Lance Lambert Ministries. For more information on this ministry, visit lancelambert.org. In this episode, Lance reads from Psalm 36, 7 through 8, and teaches what the secret place of the Most High is, or rather, who the secret place of the Most High is. Let's listen. just bow together. A short word, uh, the word of prayer. Beloved Lord, we praise thee that thou hast been here with us in the midst. And it's always, Lord, a wonderful thing to us to find thee and to know thee leading and directing and meeting with us, touching us. And now, Lord, as we come to thy word, we pray that thou wilt grant that the Holy Spirit himself will fulfill that ministry particularly given to him of leading us into all truth, of giving divine enlightenment and understanding concerning thy word. Oh, Lord, we commit ourselves to thee. Not one of us of ourselves with our natural wisdom or intelligence can really fully understand thy word. Even if we understand the words, we don't grasp the real meaning. O oh, Father, we pray that thou wilt grant that our the eyes of our hearts might be enlightened. And, O oh, Lord, we pray together for thy people everywhere, and especially those in need. We remember Anne Ripsch this morning and Christina in their need. And we remember Anne uh, Edward's. Uh, Evans yes. Roland's wife okay. and that family Lord thou all the need there we lift these dear ones up to yes. thee and that little lad who's got to go through the operation again on his eye Lord we pray for these ones must be many others, Lord, who thou knowest all about. We we commit all to thee, Lord. Wilt thou meet every need thou seest according to thy word? My God shall supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Lord, then hear us. Uh, We ask all this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I want, just, I want you to turn, if you will, to uh, Psalm 36. <clears throat> this is the other passage that's been on my heart for some time. Uh, you remember I spoke some weeks ago from a, a little a verse in Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 14, uh, and he, the Lord, shall be for a sanctuary. And I pointed out that this scripture about a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense it goes on to speak of, um, underlies quite a number of uh, New Testament passages dealing with us as the church of God. And in the uh, final analysis, the church is nothing less than the Lord Jesus Christ in his people he shall be for a sanctuary now we spoke quite a time about that uh, a few weeks ago and then last week i um got off my heart uh, psalm 27 those verses uh, about one thing have i asked of the lord that will i seek after that i may dwell in the house of the lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the lord to inquire in his temple for in the day of trouble he will keep me secretly in his pavilion and so on. Now, uh, this week, I would like just to take these verses, Psalm 36, verses 7 and 8. How precious is thy loving kindness, O God, and the children of men take refuge under the shadow of thy wings. They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house, and thou wilt make them drink of the river of thy pleasures." For with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light shall we see light. Now this is how it's rendered in the New American Standard Bible, which I think is really an excellent version. Uh, verses um, six, uh, 7 and 8 again. How precious is thy loving kindness, O God! And the children of men take refuge in the shadow of thy wings. They drink their fill of the abundance of thy house. And thou dost give them to drink of the river of thy delights. For with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light we see light. Now the wonderful thing again is this comes back to what we were talking about earlier uh, in, uh, on earlier t- earlier occasions um, that uh, really uh, the whole thought of God is to find a dwelling place amongst His people, just as the Apostle Peter says in um, uh, 1 Peter chapter two. Ye, Unto whom, verse 4, unto whom coming, that is Christ, a living stone, rejected indeed of men, but with God elect precious, ye also as living stones are built up. A spiritual house, and then he changes the thought, to be a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices, acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Because it is contained in Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone elect. Precious, that's Jesus Christ. And he that believeth on him shall not be put to shame. So the inference is that when we believe, we are somehow integrated into this building program of God. The Lord Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone, the foundation, if you like. We as living stones quarried out of the same um, rock, out of the divine nature of God, out of eternal life, out of the character of our Lord Jesus Christ, sharing his character, his life. We are built together to be a a spiritual house To be a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifice. Now, that's what we've been doing this morning, really. Of course, naturally, sometimes it's much nicer to have, much nicer, and I put the accent on the nice. Uh, To have a sort of more uh, ordered time where one person sort of leads everything. You don't get mistakes that way. Um, It can be as dead as doornails, but at least it's sound and uh, sort of, uh, uh, in that sense, it doesn't offend uh, anybody. But we have had a time in which, poor as we are, we have, as priests, offered up spiritual sacrifices under the direction of our high priest so that everyone has offered up a sacrifice many of us audibly some of us perhaps only in the heart but we have offered up to God our spiritual sacrifices now that can't just be done by sort of getting a collection of people and saying we're going to have a kind of time where we're all just going to contribute in that way you'll just have community hymn singing or you'll have favorite passages of scripture, or you'll have testimonies which which we've all heard a thousand times, uh, sort of. uh, And this brings the whole thing into disrepute. But when you get living stones built together, when there's been some kind of um, shaping and disciplining and educating, uh, molding and forming, then you can have this kind of time. Because we are really, as it were, sharing the one life of Christ. We're sharing the one government of the head. We're sharing the one intelligence of the Holy Spirit. We're sharing in the body of the Lord Jesus. We are sharing Christ. God is faithful through whom ye were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 9. Into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Not into fellowship with his Son, but into the fellowship of his Son. Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, the fellowship of his Son, putting it in, in, in a, perhaps a simpler, more direct way, is this: God is faithful through whom you were called into the sharing of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. I have the same Christ you have. You have the same Christ I have. There are not as many Christs as there are Christians. Christ doesn't divide himself up into lots of little individual portions. There's only one Christ. And the Christ that I am in is the same Christ you are in. We are in Christ by the grace and power of God. And the Christ is in all of us. So we have a double unity. We are all in the same person, and the same person is in all of us. Now this is what um, is called the church. Um, it's suffered terribly by the way it's been used amongst Christians and evangelicals as well we refer, as I've said before to going to church we refer to leaving our handbag or our umbrella in the church Uh, we have left our bible in the church and so on this is, uh, you won't find the use of this word anywhere in the New Testament of course in the Old Testament you could have left an umbrella <laughs> uh, in one sense in the temple or you could have uh, left uh, something else there in the temple but not in the New Testament <coughs> there's no reference at all to any building us as, uh, as the church or as, as, uh, to an institution um, as the church an organization merely as an organization The church is really the Lord Jesus Christ. For we see, we read again, let me just refresh your mind, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 12, For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of the body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. Now think about that. What does that say? Think. Let me read it again. For as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body being many are one body so also is Christ. Many members. You are members of Christ. I'm a member of Christ. You are members of Christ. The word member just means limbs. Limbs of Christ. This oneness is just simply wonderful for in, in the final analysis the church is just that oneness with God just think about it for a moment by the grace of God I am one with God in the Lord Jesus Christ by the grace of God Ron is one with uh, God through the Lord Jesus Christ uh, Brother Shaw uh, Sigurd here Alan here John here Gerald here we're all one with God in the Lord Jesus Christ now how can we all be one with God through and in our Lord Jesus Christ, without something having taken place between us. If my spirit and his spirit has been joined together and is one, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit, what has happened to us? We also have become one. So simple is this glorious spiritual entity that we call the church. It's been devalued, unfortunately. Uh, by the way we use it and by the conceptions that now surround it. Now let's come back to Psalm 36. Um, How precious is thy loving kindness. O oh, uh, God, this wonderful word, loving kindness, in the old version beautifully rendered by the word mercy. And in the revised standard version by the word steadfast love. In the revised version, and the old American Standard Version, and now the new American Standard Version, by the word loving kindness. Loving kindness, a very hard word um, to um, uh, really translate. It is a word in Hebrew which means much more than just love, and much more than even persevering love. That's why, of course, the old translators put it as the word Mercy. Because it was the kind of love that will put up with anything and persevere in spite of all the rebellion and difficulties it finds. It really uh, is perhaps rather awkwardly uh, put as covenant love. And it is sometimes used of the love between a husband and a wife in an special and unique relationship, one to the other. How thy steadfast love, O God! Thy covenant love, O God! Thy persevering love, O God! Thy mercy, O God! How great, how precious is thy loving-kindness, Oh God, now what is the end of this persevering love? What is the object of this steadfast love? Why this mercy which is so precious? Here it is, the children of men take refuge under the shadow of thy wing. The thought of a gathering. The Lord Jesus said, how often would I have gathered you as a hen gathers her chick? the thought of of a great mother bird as it were gathering her chicks together with her beak bringing some in and with her wings bringing the rest in until all are safely under the shadow of the wing nestling in protection Uh, the children of men take refuge uh, in the shadow of thy wings. That's what you and I have done. I think of that other wonderful psalm, Psalm 92. Listen to these, uh, 91, sorry. Um, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. The secret place Of the Most High. That goes back to last week, doesn't it? One thing have I asked, that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord. To inquire in his temple. For in the day of trouble he will keep me secretly in his pavilion. In the covert, the secret place of his tabernacle will he hide. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. The secret place of the Most High. What is the secret place of the Most High? No, who is the secret place of the Most High? Think of the Apostle Paul, Colossians 3 and verse 3. Our life is hid with Christ in God. The secret place of the Most High. A life hid with Christ in God. Is your life hid with Christ in God? One of the great battles in the Christian life, one of the great satanic objectives is to get us out of covering. To get us to expose ourselves. To get us as it were to come out and, and, and meet the enemy on his own ground. He will use scripture to do that. He will use legitimate things to do that. He will pressurize us somehow or other to get us out of the secret place of the Most High from under the shadow of his wing so that he might destroy us. Uh, But you see, here we've got something I think very wonderful. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Abide in me and I in you. So simple. Uh, These fundamental truths of the Christian life and so often overlooked to our great detriment spiritually. Uh, The children of men take refuge in the shadow of thy wings, the secret place of the Most High. Have you found the secret place of the Most High? Now, you're a believer. You're a believer. You know that the Lord Jesus is your salvation, but have you found him as the secret place of the Most High? Do you understand that the Lord Jesus is the habitation of God? The temple and the tabernacle, were the pictures of the Lord Jesus Christ as the dwelling place of God. The Lord Jesus said, "Destroy this temple in three days. Uh, destroy this temple and in three days. I will raise it again." It all symbolized Him. It prefigured Him. The secret place of the Most High. Now let's go on to uh, verse eight. <coughs> they drink. There fill of the abundance of thy house. Now, what does the psalmist mean? First he's talking about the shadow um, of uh, God's wings, and the next minute he's speaking about the Lord's house. The psalmist was not as silly as some people think. The psalmist had greater understanding uh, than many New Testament Christians. You're a New Testament Christian, or supposed to be. But you understand that often we have less understanding. You know, the, the, this, this idea that the dear people in the Old Covenant, they were up sort of a primitive lot, prehistoric, you know, sort of wandered around the desert like Bedouins, uh, didn't have too much, they were very, very sort of bound to things and days and places. And all. But you know, I find that some of the Old Testament saints, many of them had a greater understanding than us. The psalmist here seems to have connected the house of the Lord with the secret place of the Most High. He's connected the house of the Lord with dwelling in the shadow of God's wings. Now see what happens when we find the secret place of the Most High. They drink fill well filled the abundance of thy house. What a wonderful phrase. They drink, they fill the abundance of, the, of thy house. There's nothing like uh, a Christian life that's related to other believers. When we just become Christians and become saved units that we're trotting off and doing what we think we ought to do here, there, and everywhere, there's often a blight on our Christian life. Have you not noticed that? But where there is the discipline of the church, where there is that fellowship of Christ, where there is that being built together, integrated, esteeming each other better uh, than ourselves, sometimes having, as it were, to let go of some uh, cherished thought and idea um, in order to go through in fellowship, have you noticed that there, there's abundance? Now, let me be quite clear about this. Any meeting can have a touch of glory which can last precisely an hour or two. You can go to a conference and have a marvelous time for a weekend, but translate that into year after year after year. Now, the church is the thing which is the great steamroller. It levels everything out. <laughs> You know, we're sort of up in the heavens and we come back full of it. Before we know where we are, we're back to the routine, back to the life. Now, the, the, the great thing about the church is that what is true is preserved. And what is merely emotion is expelled. Now, when you've got the church of God really built, you can have year in, year out, year in, year out, and there's abundance full it's not just a flashing pan it's not just now oh, now don't get me wrong I'm not saying that there shouldn't be times when we're transported into heaven what, how wonderful it is when there are times when we're just absolutely touched by the power and glory of God so that we almost as the apostle Paul says whether in the body or out of the body I know not <laughs> wonderful Uh, when uh, such... uh, uh, we can have such times. But there is an abundance which is only found in the house of the Lord. Here it is. They drink their fill of the abundance of thy house. There is the fullness of his body. Now it says in Ephesians 1, 23, the fullness of him, his body, the fullness of him which filleth all in all. Now it does, he fills all in all. But his fullness is in the church the body if you want to check it it's Ephesians 1.23 his body which is the body which is his fullness the fullness of him that filleth all in all so where do we find this fullness If we want to be preserved and want to go on in an ever-increasing experience of the fullness of God, we've got to be related to one another in Christ, and rightly related to one another in Christ. Not just sitting as spectators, carried along by the momentum of the whole, but everyone with his own original experience of the Lord his own original walk with the Lord well our time is going so we can't spend too long there but to, to drink they drink their fill I think that's a rather a rather sort of um, uh, it sounds a little an Americanism um, but it's very good they drink their fill they drink their fill of the abundance of thy house they drink their fill. Have you drunk your full, your, your fill? <laughs> you drunk your fill of the abundance of his house? Now when we talk about it, don't think of just the people. Think of Christ. It's Christ. Christ in him. Christ in him. Christ in her. Christ in her. Have you drunk your fill? How often when we feel down we can meet a saint sometimes it's the other way around but uh, how often when we're down we can meet a saint and we touch something in them and we're lifted up we've drunk something just like the Lord said I will come into my garden and will drink and will eat of my fruit and will drink of my wine when people touch me when they touch you do they touch something of Christ the fullness Well, there's another, that's another thought. Now, last part of verse 8, thou dost give them to drink of the river of thy delights. So here also in the house of God there is a river of delights. I do feel sorry for people who find um, the gathering together of God's people a dreadful, a, a dreadful sort of drudgery. It shouldn't be. There's something wrong with our mentality. You see, it's one of these lies we talked about and satanic devices. And we get our idea so warped that psychologically we can't face, sometimes, a gathering of God's people. But you know, really, it should be like this. They, thou dost give them to drink the river of thy delights. Where is the Lord's delight? It is in Christ. My delight is in him. And uh, the river of his delights. Oh, the, the river of his delights, which we can touch. No doubt you know something of that in your experience. I do in mine. Are uh, those times when we've, we've found something of the river of his delights. Let's go on. We have not much time. First 9, For with thee is the fountain of life. Now, would you please note here it's not a well. There's a difference, both in the Hebrew and as far as I know. I'm not so hot on... Greek at all. Um, There's a a difference in Greek too between a well and a spring. But many people don't make, in their minds, even folks here in this country, they think a well and a spring are pretty well the same thing. But this is a fountain of life. This is something that you don't have to put a bucket down to and pull up and you don't have to pump it up. (laughs) This is a fountain springing up unto eternal life. It's very interesting, I understand, that in John uh, chapter 4, in John chapter uh, 4, the Lord Jesus used both words uh, in his talk with the woman at the well of Samaria. He speaks not of a well to which you must come and draw up water, but he speaks of something springing up unto eternal life. Do you know that? In the secret place of the Most High, we can drink our fill of the abundance of his house. We can drink the river of his delights. We can find a fountain of life, something springing up. Now and again, the spring may go low, but it springs up so it's not as if all the time it's the same sort of power uh, uh, same force as it were Um, there are times uh, when the water may not be quite so in evidence but thank God it springs up unto eternal life so don't be afraid if you're going through a winter spiritually you're going to have a summer don't just think oh dear 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 Everything's all these lovely people around me, all praising the Lord. I feel the black sheep here. I couldn't praise the Lord. All right, you may have a winter. There is such a thing as a spiritual winter. In the winter, all kinds of her- harmful pests are killed. <laughs> really? All kinds of, because we didn't have a, ba- a-, a sharp winter last year, the garden's full of black fly, green fly, and every other kind of pest. We may not like hard winters, but they do something. So don't be. Praise God if you've got a winter in your life just at present. And say, I shall yet praise the Lord who is my hope and the help of my countenance. Be like the psalmist. You'll come through. There'll be a glorious spring and a marvelous summer and a fruitful autumn. Don't worry. It's like one of these trees out here sort of saying to us, It's winter, it's winter. I'll never live again. I shall never have another apple. I mean, we could say to you, don't be so silly. Year after year this happens, and you have apples. Oh, no, 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 I feel terrible. Look, not a leaf upon my bough. Nothing at all. Everything's gray and dark and frosty. The ground is hard. The the sky is a leaden. The air is cold. But you see, it's part of a cycle, part of an evolution, part of an onward march, part of a progression, and so it is spiritually. A fountain of life. Don't be worried if the fountain's gone a little low. It'll spring up. Fear not. It will spring up again, and this time it will spring up more powerfully than ever before. Find, though, where the spring is. Don't look for it in other people. Don't look for it in this movement or that movement, movement. Find it in the secret place of the Most High. And lastly, in thy light we see light. How many times I've been asked about this verse? In thy light we see light. How do you see light in light? I, I connected up with another scripture. John chapter 8 and verse 12. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. That's objective. I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. That's subjective. I am the light of the world, like the sun, pouring light on things. But then he that followeth me shall not only have that light, but shall have the light of life in him. In thy light we see light. I often put it, this is the way I understand it anyway, and I'm sure the Hebrew really means this. Um, this is how I understand it. When I go into a room, it's dark. I can't see a thing. I put the light on. And in the light of the, the lamp, I see light. <laughs> I mean, I suddenly see the carpet green. I suddenly see flowers, white and yellow. I see a lectern. I see a table. I see a cloth. I see a lamp. I see walls. When it was all dark, I saw nothing. When the light shone in, I began to understand. Do you understand? Now, I don't know if I've got this over yet by the dumb look upon your faces. Um, but uh, what I really mean is this. You see, when I, if I walk into the study, it's all in dark. I can't see a picture. I can't understand what it is. I, I don't know where the things are. I may not have been in that room before. When I put the light on, I suddenly see a picture. I, I, can, I can detect the signature on the bottom. I see a cloth. I see flowers. I see a book. I see all kinds of things. Do you understand now what I'm getting at? In my light, we see light. When the light of God shines upon us, we begin to understand the nature of things. We begin to understand ourselves. We begin to understand one another. We begin to understand all kinds of things because the light of God is shining in. We begin to see, that's not this. We distinguish the things that differ, as the scripture says. We begin to rightly handle the word of truth, dividing it, rightly dividing it. You understand? We don't just say, this is a room, full stop. The light is on. We begin to see the colors, the furniture, all the things. What would it be like if we lived in eternal night? You'd never see the color of a flower. You'd never see all kinds of things, really. You just have to get used to a dimness, a darkness. But when the light of the sun comes, when the light of day comes, you begin to see things. You begin to understand things. You begin to understand the difference between things and so on. In thy light we see light. I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. The secret place of the Most High. How precious is thy loving kindness, O God. The children of men take refuge under the shadow of thy wings. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Shall we pray? Dear Lord, we pray that thou wilt help every one of us to discover that birthright of ours to be in the secret place of the Most High. We pray, Lord, that thou wilt give us understanding. May we in experience discover the Lord Jesus Christ as that secret place. May we know what it is to abide under the shadow of thy wings. May we know what it is, dear Lord, to experience all these other things drinking our fill of the abundance of thy house, drinking of the river of thy delights, knowing and experiencing the fountain of life, seeing light in thy light. O Lord, help us, we pray, each one, and we ask it with much thanksgiving in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. May you know the Lord as your refuge in times of trouble. May you know the deep, deep love of Jesus.